golly. So we're going to have to get to a break a eventually. Hey, I, thought, I didn't know where you were going with that. Um, the Better Way has great meatloaf. Don't know where that is. Uh, no, that, although it's a funny one. Guys being funny. Does uh, Indies qualify because they look like a gas station? <laughs> What's their name? It's not called Indies, right? Is it? It's the other place. It's uh, uh, Indies is great fried chicken. Yeah, Indies. He said, does that qualify because they all look like gas stations? Th- that is true. They yeah, do. Funny. Yeah, that's fair. That's good. May, I just, oh, I get it. May want to check Urban Dictionary on gas station sushi. Got me. Oh, you got me. Okay. You got me. All right. <laughs> way. Oh, my golly. Nice work. I want to, Good I, work well, out of you. I want to read Proud. I hope you're proud of yourself. I don't know what Fantastic. No, he got us, that little bastard. <laughs> Good for him. Good oh. for him. <laughs> Good for him. Sorry, I just read it. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was good. He got us. <laughs> that was well played because it played right into what we were talking oh, that's about. That's good. No, that's that's quality. That's no, good. No, really, it's good. That's good. Yeah, no, that's quality. No, I'm starving now. I could really go for some sushi, gas station or otherwise. No, no you don't. Well, I don't think you really want gas station. I'm not. See, you're letting the guy win. You know. He's making us say it over and over, and that's their whole objective. Yeah, right. So, so I'm just trying it? to. Uh, no, you it's try. Not I, bothering I, no, I do it. It doesn't too. bother me. Well, but I do. Gas station sushi. Gas station sushi. Ha 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 ha. Like it doesn't bother me. If it oh, made okay. if it made that guy's day, then you know, let him. Fine. I'm just here to make people happy. Okay. Dodgers gas station chicken Fort Knox. Again. Uh, Guy says, how ironic the guy that was griping about the Karem name was acting like a Karen. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good text. Fun fact. Oh, here we go. We want to know Wednesday. Japan has great egg salad sandwiches. Is that another thing? Is that urban slang for cornhole and a pig (laughs) and a phone booth or something? Is that, I assume, is that what that means? Oh, my God. That made me dizzy. I laughed so hard. (laughs) Um. Let's see. Any sports today? Coming. Stay with us. Uh, talk sports, damn it. Got it. Uh, it literally is an old, convenient food mark from the 80s in Shelbyville, Kentucky. A meatloaf sandwich the size of your head. From, not our heads. That's ridiculous. $4.50. All right. There's that. Uh, oh, here we go. This is interesting. Now, this. Now I would not. Okay. Uh, this qualifies. Oh, or is this another urban thing here? I don't think it is. Fudge shops at Bass Pro is awesome. No, no, that sounds legit. Sure? <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure that's that's legit. I've never had the fudge at Bass Pro, but... Better Way on Cane Run <laughs> is on Cane Run Road. Okay, thank you. Um, where's this now? Oh, that's the place in Shelbyville. That sounds impressive. Uh, we'd love to hear you get back to sports, Bob. Okay. We're getting there. We, will, we promise. We promise. Vicks in New Albany. Japan has Greg egg salad sandwiches. They really do. Eugene Levy just did a whole segment on it. Really? I'm not sure why. And where would he do that on egg salad? You just can't get that line out of your head, can you? <laughs> this is why we need video. It's the motion you made. <laughs> 
I absolutely love your show, Bob. I laugh out loud constantly. That's <laughs> as much a comedy show as any. I just, I, it just, because it's, it's to play gotcha is such a crappy, stupid, silly game. Oh my to God, play. it was so, so funny though. Like, like, I don't like, you know, because I don't know, maybe I'm older. They don't think like, by golly, like I'm going to talk like a 1940s man. By, say, by golly, that man, he, he, he tricked me with a slang phrase. See? I mean, yeah, stop. What do you want to talk from, you know, disgusting things? Uh, fine. What do you, what do you want to do here? You want to, you know, give me some euphemism for, I don't even want to go there. Uh, I don't even know what that is. Your high school had the best pizza. Isn't that another one? Oh, does that count? Like cafeteria pizza. They, everybody cr- everybody loves it. As crappy as people, it was, it they was don't want really to be, good. I, mean, I got to admit, ours was too. It was a little individual round one, you know, serving pizza. Did you get a slice of pizza? Ours no, was no a- see, we, okay, uh, two things. In middle school, pizza day. It was a stuffed crust pepperoni that was fantastic. Oh my god! And it came with all you can eat pasta salad. Oh my lord! It was there's a re- it kept me off the soccer team. I'm not even kidding because I would just chow down on two slices of that and about a mountain of pasta, uh, salad. pasta salad. It was fantastic. Um, but then, in you know, once we moved down here, we had the classic square with sausage crumbles on top, cracker crust. It's terrible, but it's so good. It was. I mean, so I I almost think that that should count even though you're going to a cafeteria but crappy cafeteria pizza it just hit it just hit and i'm a now you know that oh now you open up a whole other can of words fairdale high school has the best pizza (laughs) all right i'm putting a bow on this and actually going to get to eric crawford get the sports but his show by the way eugene levy's on apple tv that's where he found that out okay there you Uh, go this is waffles at quick mart i don't know what that is Oh, Q W I K. Yeah, I've, I've they heard have waffles of them. there. I guess that another, I didn't know that. Not a euphemism. Uh, all right, this segment actually, was funny for a solid twenty minutes. I'm actually crying. I'm laughing so. Hard. Nick laughing is everything. He's that way ever since he was little. <laughs> he's ever since he's been little. He said they ability. He he was trying to tell us a story at, at the restaurant the other night. Couldn't even get the story started, and the other three <laughs> of us were doubled over laughing because he was laughing so hard. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, Nick, that is funny. I cannot stop thinking about it. All right. Well, I'm sorry to put that image in your head for the rest of the day. We'll take a break. We'll come back. ESPN 680-1057. Miss anything from your favorite ESPN Louisville show? Check out the podcast center on the brand new ESPN Louisville smartphone app or on iTunes and SoundCloud. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Heard of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. 
Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. show text bobby v on the ups jobs text line at 437-9680 did it on purpose <laughs> pull, you, <laughs> you did it again well you first off you're eating my carrots second off like it, you did that to you yourself. ate my carrots you for 20 it, years you done it deliberate <laughs> you took a bite of carrot right as we were coming back <laughs> okay, that came through clean. Gonna have to dump that. <laughs> By the way, just, just <laughs> this is gonna really set you off. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're fixing something. Oh, great! <laughs> So the stream is a little messed up. There right we now. go. So we're, at least we're working on it. Mm-hmm. It should be back to normal mm-hmm. within like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Tops. Mm-hmm. But in mm-hmm. the meantime, if you hear this on the stream, you might be wondering what's going on and you might want to just switch over to terrestrial radio for it's a like in while. Florida, in which case you're pretty well screwed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it will be it will be fixed momentarily. So... Um. <laughs> Figured that would make you a little annoyed. All right, so you want to talk sports, and then we'll get Eric Crawford on. Sure. This is the sports story. I, I hope I can find it. You have to give me a moment. Um, I, I go to bed, as you know, most nights, um, try, listening to old sports baseball games on radio. It's very, very cool way to go to bed. Um, except when the guy hits a triple, and then you know you get startled to jump up. Right, but. Um, Generally, you have it in a volume where it's not going to affect you. So last night for, for S&G, I decided to use a basketball game. I was looking for a basketball, a radio basketball game. And instead, I stumbled on, uh, oh, the stream died altogether. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. We're, well, that's, yeah, okay. Go ahead and click that, see if that helps. So you didn't have to dump, well, you had to dump it for the terrestrial radio. Yeah. <laughs> the stream people did not get the benefit of. Save me some of those carrots. I ate two of them. My God. <laughs> I'm hungry. Here's your carrots there, okay? You could have some more. No, I'm not, have, I'm not even going to touch them. You could have no. some. No. I just, <laughs> just wanted a couple. All right, let me see if I can find this for you here. This is amazing to me. Show you. Oh, and again. Now it's fixed. Okay. So I'm going to think. I'll swear again and make them so they don't, so they don't lose out on the F-bomb from before. Um, let me see if I can find this. Here we go. All right. Yeah, this is it. This is such quality, quality entertainment. I, I don't know. I got to see if I can find. So that may bring you the NBA All-Star Game live and in color from Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. It's the 1969 All-Star Game. Nice. The whole game is on here. And but, uh, final I'm, score. 
uh, was now you got to remember the average scoring back then. Each team averaged about 118 points. They did that yeah. high. Oh, yeah. About 116, 118, something like that. They averaged that high? Yeah. Wow. So the games were like 236 would be total. So this was a little higher. But Wait, no- they averaged that high without a three-point shot? Yes. Wow. They came down. They were firing up there. So here's, here's a little snippet of it. Check. Oscar Robertson, Earl Monroe. Sloan guarding Monroe. Foul call. Trying to get to the final score here. I love this game. It's got the commercials in it, too, which is outstanding. But I'm getting to the final score here. Commercials just sounded different. They were. Dare I say better. Let's take a look at points. And a very exciting ball player. His team, the Baltimore Bullets, lead the Eastern Division. People. People. This is like somebody t- you're going down the dial on the radio here. All right, this will be the last one. Here we go. Tell us the score. As Joe Caldwell for the West has the ball. They trail by eight points now with about three minutes to go. This is Jeff Moore. All right, three minutes to go, and the score is 1-12-106. I heard, I heard a buzzer. Nope. Hey, West Hustle. Nice. Sorry, I should have set this up during the commercial. I didn't. I didn't know it would take this long. I apologize. Here we go. Here's the final play. This is the last play. There you go. That's the final score. 123 to 112. Four seconds. That's the way it winds up. So that's not. That's, a, that's an actual game. So Yeah, they played a real game. They guarded each other. And they, yeah. Only one guy didn't score. He was the guy who was the MVP the year before, Hal Greer. And uh, because he takes the last shot and uh, they're, they're trying to get him a basket. Everybody gets, you know, they're, they're sharing the ball, which is kind of nice. The MVP was Oscar Robertson. Um, so it, it's, I mean, the list of players, Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Oscar Robertson, Earl Monroe, John Havlicek, these are guys that were legendary all times. names, all-time, all-time names. But I was trying to find it, and I'm so sorry, I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. He introduces the players, and he says, you know, they're playing hard at the beginning, and he said, well, they're certainly playing hard because the winners, the winning team, each member of the winning team gets $500. <laughs> each member of the losing team, $300. That's what they were – that so an extra motivated. 200 bucks. They were playing their butts off for $500. The, the guys now probably tip the clubhouse attendants $500. Yeah, seriously. Um, I wish I could have found that. But I was going to play the introduction to the players just because, I don't know. It's, um, you know, if you're a certain age, these names are legendary. They're just absolutely legendary. Well, it was fun hearing Wes Unsold. You know, yeah, people... Wes was in there, Gus Johnson, Earl Monroe. Um, there were three players. They were Earl Monroe was a member of the then Baltimore Bullets, so they had three players on the team that were in their home arena. So the crowd was pretty 
jazzed up about that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, very cool. Anyway, uh, but they got to do something with it now because there's no way that the game can go on the way it is. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, if you watched that game, you would have walked away and said, oh, that's, that's really good basketball, that all-star game. For the way they played then. They're, right. They're running ball screens. They're defending. They're rebounding. That play that you heard very quickly on the floor, everybody's on the floor for a loose ball. <laughs> well, that 200 bucks, pal, you know, it pays my, may, play, may pay for me to be in the country club this summer. So they were playing hard. It was, it was fun. But now it's, it's, it's obscene. It's, it's ridiculous. It's just um, – I, I, when they're scoring 100 points and a half or whatever it was, that's, that's, that's not, it's not basketball. They're not uh, – they're they're not playing uh, real basketball, but uh, it was pretty cool. It was very cool. I watched pretty much the whole damn game. I was planning to go to bed, but it was so entertaining. Yeah, you just couldn't put it down. No, it was good. It was really cool. Very very good. Uh, all right. Uh, so there's that. That was the sports thing I was going to bring to you. I should find him saying it because he says it so as if like you would buy into it. Like you know, uh, when he says they're playing hard because hey. A winning team gets $500, like you would say as a viewer. Whoa, oh, whoa, no wonder. I'd like to get out there and have a go at it. You know, that's, uh, that's pretty different. No question about that. By the way, I'd like to take a small bow because um, – Oh, spontaneous parlay? Well, I lost yesterday. My spontaneous parlay did not win for you kids, and I apologize to you. Whenever I do that, it makes me mad. Because I feel like somebody's going to bet it. But then I said, well, by golly, I know there's the danger of chasing it, and I don't want to chase it. But I was like, I felt really good about so many different plays last night. I played them, and here's how it turned out. And so I will, again, say, oh, big deal. You're, you're telling us after the fact. Well, because I don't want you to think I abandoned you. I, I take very seriously. Liebs didn't win either. How about that? Oh, wow. Yeah. His, uh, but here, was, here, were the, here were the ones I gave use, use guys. And then here's how it played out. The, the one I played, I had NC State, and they lost at home to Syracuse. And I think the Leaves had that one too, I'm almost sure. And so that killed it. Then I had Tennessee winning, I had Duquesne winning, I had Davidson winning, and I had St. Mary's winning. But I also had A&M losing at home to Arkansas. His poor buzz this season has made a U-turn. So yes. that was not one of my prouder nights. I was only 4-2 and two on those. But then I said... You must know what? Bus got the victory, though. Sorry, the must bus got the victory. That helped people that, yeah, yeah. that are the must Whatever. bus fans. Okay. Um, so I played last night later games, and you could play these while you know in game. That's a good way to play, by the way. Yeah, right. So uh, Creighton, I, I wish I'd had the foresight to take them in pregame because I would have gotten better odds. But I watched how that game was developing, and I was like, they're not, they're not losing this game. So I jumped on board to play them on the money line, and they won by nineteen. So right. I won that. I took Southern Indiana over Moorhead. They won by seven. I took Wake Forest over Pitt. They won by 33. And then St. Mary's over San Francisco was the last leg. of. And it, for me, it wound up being a Santa Claus pick because I went to bed. And then woke up in the morning and saw St. Mary's 70, San Francisco 66. And we got ourselves a plus 169 uh, parlay. So I was made up for my little uh, uh, plus 275 parlay that we lost earlier. So... I was uh, sorry about that, but uh, we came back. But I also played in, um, you know, the the player parlays. It makes me a little nervous when I do this because it's college, and I don't really l- love doing the game. Well, I'll never do one a game that I'm doing. But I did um, um, an over under thing, and I took uh, I took <laughs> our guy Matt Cross. <laughs> oh, nice. Matt Cross to go over 14 and a half points. He had 18. They beat UMass beat VCU by uh, 22. 
And then I took post from Boston College because I am so impressed with that kid. And he was points, rebounds, and assists over 25 and a half. And he had 27, even though they lost to Florida State, 84-76. So uh, that was a nice little plus uh, um, 190. So we got a little winner there. So that was that was sexy and tasty. So, But for those of you who listened to the show, I hope you didn't uh, take too long a, a wallop. Um, do you remember the Legends game? I do remember that. The NBA had a Legends game, and people said, I'd like to see that again. Uh, 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 do you remember the Legends game? One sticks out. Doug Collins was guarding the Iceman, George Gervin, while wearing a mic. And Doug says, shoot, George. Blank, damn it. <laughs> Tied of guarding him. Yeah, that would have been fun. Uh, so the NBA All-Star game didn't play defense 60 years ago either? No, what are you talking about? Did you not listen? Somebody probably didn't like the NBA. The average score back then was 115 points per team. So in the All-Star game, they played the same way. You want to know why the scores were so high? They shot the ball so fast. I think it was like 70 or 80% of the shots in the NBA at that time were off the first pass. Up, oh, uh-oh, something happening here. Good, bad, or indifferent. What is that? No, Diener, Diener, shadow producing. Just sent, sent some pretty solid sound. We might have to get. Oh, into cool. It. What's it about? Uh, Quinn Slazinski was. Oh asked. no, we we heard, I heard heard that they played on his show. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, you know what? You want me to I, play it? I'll I've play. I've got to say this. I'll play it. I'll well, play because it. yeah, we can play it and then I'll comment on it. Go ahead, tee it up. Well, give me a second. Oh, now you got to be that guy. They asked him about Patino's comments. He's now playing for West Virginia, as you might know. And uh, he played for Rick, of course, um, when he transferred from here. And um, he had uh, this to say about Rick's blow-up over Sunday, where he doubled down on it, too, by the way. And, and I, we get into This is one of the things we were talking about in the back, because there's there, I get it. I really do like Rick, and I have immense respect for him. Why wouldn't you as a coach? But... I don't like this part of his personality, and and I don't think it's necessary. And that's what people tell me. Oh, no, well, you know what? That's what it takes to win. No, it doesn't. I mean, Jay Wright didn't treat anybody like that. And um, and uh, Tony Dungy, I'm not sure I ever yelled at anybody and won the Super Bowl. So don't tell me you got to be that way. But, you know, if you say, well, you, you kind of take, take uh, the good with the bad, then that's what you do. And I think that that's not necessarily the best way to – React. Here's Quinn Slazinski's reaction to Rick's tirade. No, not even a little bit. It's so funny. I mean, that was like one of the nicest I've ever seen him, quite frankly. I mean, going back on that, I mean, I love playing for him. It's just one thing about him is he knows who he is. And, like, you can't bat a guy down for that. A guy hates losing. So, you know, I've heard him tell me some, like, the craziest things I've ever heard come out of someone's mouth. And you got to understand why he's doing it. Um, I've called a couple kids from the team and just heard stories because it's kind of stuff. It's a, it's so unfortunate when you're in that locker room, but hearing it from the outside is kind of funny. But uh, got one example of the crazy things he said to you. I don't want to get in trouble, but <laughs> well, he told be, me he was gonna. Yeah, it's a good interview. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. It's kind of out of love. Um, I won't tell anybody. I didn't box yeah. out. I, I showed them the video all the time. I didn't box out, and this was in practice. And he goes, uh, he looks at me. <laughs> I don't know if I can say this. He will, out of love, he said he will chop me up in seven pieces <laughs> and send me back to Detroit <laughs> or Houston or wherever the bleep I'm from. And I go and just sit there and laugh. Yeah. He's like, are you laughing at me? And I'm like, no, I probably don't know. I'm he knows it's just a game. It's just who he it is. It's just kind of the way he talks. He doesn't mean it. Just, he likes to win. 
That's what people say, and and you you you, you kind of um, I don't know what the word is deal with it. I guess like because I learned the hard way. One of the first years he was here, they lost on the road. I think it was UConn. It's irrelevant, but they played really well, and UConn was really good, and they they lost on like a buzzer shot. Now, if you've been in business as long as he has. I mean, if you're, you're smart, you may be a little depressed. Damn, we could have won that game. But you generally understand that, you know, a buzzer shot comes down to luck as much as anything. And so he said something like Quinn's alluding to or like he talked about that other game where he said, I'll just go outside and just, uh, what, what did he say, I'll die, I'll go in the snow and freeze. That's something he was talking about. Remember the other game? You know, and I laughed. Oh, that was a mistake. Because I think I triggered him being even worse because then we got on the bus and he attacked Paul and I basically because we they they had to wait for us to do the post game show to to get on the bus so the the bus with the hangers on all had already gone back to the airport which is the bus we usually ride in and now we had to get on with the team so we get in and he doesn't even wait for us to sit down he tells the driver to go and you do that thing where the driver guns it and you're walking in the aisle and I got my bag and I go flopping I fall in some kid's lap you feel like a horse's ass and then and then he starts yelling at Kenny which really pissed I'll be honest I'm venting about this now you got something to say then say it to me what are you telling Kenny? Kenny, what what the hell? What are we what 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 are, what are we doing? What are we waiting for these guys? Why do we wait for these blanking guys? Filled with profanity, of course. Why are we waiting for these blanking guys? Let's just we gotta just get the hell. Tell them they, they gotta get their own way back. Then go on their own. So go on their own. You know, make have make their own arrangements. Well, we're not waiting for these blanky blanks. Because he's mad at everybody. And I understand. You see, what you do, and I understand it, is you reconcile it like Kenny Klein who he yelled at all the time for things that Kenny had nothing to do with but then he also bought Kenny a Lexus <laughs> so you say all right well juice worth the squeeze there you go but I don't understand that and I don't I honestly I don't you know you got something to say say it to us so after he and then he's throwing the computers back over his head he's throwing the computers back over his head uh, this was I'll tell this story real fast because it's it's now after it's got some comedic aspect to it this is by design. He wants everyone to be on edge after they lose. He told me that once privately. So I get it, and that's, that's what I made my peace with. This is how – it's his program. This is how he wants to run. When they lose, he wants everyone, and I mean everyone, to be miserable. That's his goal. It's not like, well, it's too bad if you get mad that I'm mad. He wants them to be miserable because he wants them to have that as motivation. With a next game, they say, well, shoot, we're not going to do that again. Okay. Fine, that's a that's a management style. But I'm just saying it's not the only management style. So stop saying it is. Well, anyway, so now he's screaming about Paul and I to Kenny. Okay, um, he's in the coach's seat, the first seat on the right, and I'm about the bus starter, and I flopped somewhere like three rows back, and Paul's like two rows behind me. No, Paul's like right next to me actually on the other on the, across the aisle. Kenny Klein is like two rows behind me. I'll never forget this because. He's screaming. Massiello is sitting right behind him. He's looking at things on the computer. On his look, he's got a little laptop. He's watching the game, and when he sees something, he screams, "Get me so and so!" And then Massiello has to go in the back, get the kid. The kid comes up. Uh, Rick berates him in the seat for I don't know two three minutes, and then he sends him back, and then he gets out again. And as he's getting more and more agitated, he's actually taking the computer and throwing it back over his head like the bridal bouquet, and Massiello has to catch it. You know. <laughs> 
So Massiel is catching the computer, and then he has to go get a player and bring him up. Okay, and then he goes back, and he watches, gets the computer back. Black over his head. Massiel's like Willie Mays. He's got a game. He's, he's catching it. I'm thinking to myself, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And he goes back, and he gets the kid, and he brings him up. And um, then he finally says, after about a half hour, I was proud of myself because I was kept my composure. He said, what exactly is going on? Why did you guys take so long? I said, Coach, I used to call him Rick, but now I'm figuring, hey, you better walk on thin, thin ice here. Coach, we didn't do anything we don't normally do. I taped my interview with you. Paul has to play it on the air. And as soon as he's done, he gathers the stuff up and we came to the bus. Hey, well, now on, you know, you got to just, you, you know, Kenny, we got to find a way to get them their own transportation or something. So, okay. And then, you know why this pissed me off? Because here's what happened. So we came back, and, and here's the deal. The bus driver is getting lost. We used to <laughs> live there, course, remember? In fact, it, it definitely was Yukon because I remember he's getting lost, and I realize he's going the wrong way. We're going to Massachusetts. We're not even going to the airport. And I'm looking, and I'm seeing the exits pass one after the other that's taking us further away, and everybody's afraid to say anything. I mean, you could be on fire and you didn't say a thing. So uh, I turned to Kenny, and I said, Kenny, Kenny. Under my whisper a little bit because you know you're not supposed to. Kenny, we're, we're going, we're going wrong. Not now, he says. Not now, not now, Bob. Not now. I said, not now. We're going wrong. Not now, not now. So the guy finally realizes when we hit like the Tennessee border that we've gone the wrong way. <laughs> so he pulls over, and I'm thinking, oh, this is definitely going to make coach's mood improve now that we've we've decided to tour New England. <laughs> so. The guy finally gets wind. I don't know how he figures it out. I don't even know if they had GPS then. Who knows? And he figures it out. We have to backtrack. So now here's the thing. I had, back then, you couldn't do the show on your phone. So I was doing the show off of uh, a, a Comrex unit that you would bring, and then you'd have to connect it through the phone line. It was a pain in the ass. But the unit itself, the Comrex Access, at that time sold for about $8,500. And yeah, I, I remember that. And I bought my own because I wanted to, to be able to do the shows uh, on the road. And I had to have that in order to do the shows. And so I had left it on the hanger-on bus because that's the bus we're supposed to take the airport. Well, that bus went to the airport ahead of us, and he didn't get lost. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, here we go. He's going to be at the airport, and all my stuff is going to be left on the bus. Nobody's going to take it out. They're not going to – it's not their stuff. So sure enough, the guy gets turned around and we go back. And uh, and so, you know, we go back to the airport and we get there. And I'll never forget Terrence Williams said to me, don't take it personally. He does this to everybody. <laughs> I'll never forget that. It's like, well, that's great, but still doesn't make it, you know, any any better. So we get there and sure enough, the other bus has left already. And so he calls him on his cell phone and the guy's like 25, 30 minutes away. There's no way. Rick's waiting. So they left me there. So they left me at the airport, no suitcase, no clothes, no nothing. I just got stuck at the airport. And I, the guy, thank God he came back because he could have said, well, I already left. I don't know what they would have done. But So he had to wait for the other guy to bring the other bus back. They get on the charter. They leave. And I've got um, my – the guy finally comes back and I get my equipment back. I ate well because they had bag lunches for everybody and they were like – 20 left over and the guy said take these off the bus so now i go check just powering down chick-fil-a sandwiches oh, so the guy the checking in must thought i was insane he was like this man has no clothes but he's got enough food to entertain the morbid tabernacle <laughs> choir i mean he's got enough so <laughs> this man with 20 chicken sandwiches guy, he must, i know he's a, little, he's a little chubby but i couldn't see him eating that much good lord so um they go back 
And then this is great. This I'll never forget. Because he actually, that little tirade cost me about $3,000. Because, um, and that's the, that the source of my conflict at the time with Tom Jurich, if you want to know the truth. I don't know, Tom didn't think I was, I don't know, he didn't, he didn't like the fact that I was not just, you know, anything he said was supposed to be gospel truth. That's, that was how he really did believe the thing was supposed to work, including the radio station. It was like he could come on and say black is white, up is down. You're supposed to say, you know, we had a guy who worked here for a while who believed that it didn't work out. It doesn't work out. It's not like, I mean, I'm rooting for Louisville with all my might, but it doesn't work that way. I mean, I grew up in New York where I rooted for whatever teams I did, but if the announcers ever broadcast like that, we would tune them out and say, what a bunch of crap this is. We're not listening to this jackass. So I don't try and do that. That's all. It doesn't mean I'm not rooting for them. And I know people sometimes say, oh, yeah, there should be more of this. Well, whatever. The only reason I bring it up is because for some reason he got it stuck in his craw that I was not. I know what it was. I'll tell you the exact source of it. Now we're going into the deep weeds here. I wasn't expecting this after cornhole and a pig in a phone booth. The, 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 when I was working at Clear Channel – uh, HAS signed a deal to do the Kentucky games. And uh, it drove him absolutely nuts. I mean, it drove Jurich out of his mind, understandably. I mean, they're the big, they're the blowtorch station. They're one of the most powerful stations in the country. And now he was, uh, they said they'll do Louisville games, but, but you know, priority was going to be Kentucky games. They were paying twice as much as Louisville was. They were the station somehow was going to make twice as much money, so they gave them priority. And he was living not at me, but he was mad. So um, they they got seven ninety, and that was his whole thing. He was going to brand it. You know, that was Cards Radio, and and and, and he, t- he got on the bus full of bravado. I'm going to buy my own station, and that's you know whatever. And I'm sure that's what he thought he was going to do. And uh, and so he uh, seven ninety. I was doing my show. Okay, now think about this. I'm working. I'm not, I'm not getting paid by Louisville. I'm getting paid by Clear Channel. That's my boss. I get a letter from Earl Jones, who was running the station at that time, and it says, um, "Now you know. Now with the new four million dollar deal in place with Kentucky, it would be a good time to embrace our new neighbors. So, you know, I, I would encourage you to include some UK content on your show. Now I'm on, and and you know, Tom, to his credit, helped me get the show in the first place. He got. He got he leaned on two of their sponsors. He leaned on, on Swope and on um, Republic Bank, and they they gave me a sponsorship, and so I got my show. And so I'm doing the show, and um, so I get this text from, from I get this text from Earl, and I'm trying to do my job. So I said, all right, well, I mean, how can I do this and still walk that fine line? So I would Tuesday and Thursday have one segment on UK, and it was never on football or basketball, never. I would interview the the uh, baseball coach. I'd interview the soccer coach. I'd interview the track coach. I'd interview because I can talk to damn near anybody on damn near anything. Not that boasting. I'm just saying that's how my warped mind works. So here I am. I think I'm doing my job, and every single time I would do it, every single time the phone would ring two minutes into it, and my producer, who knew nothing about sports, which was an added element to the thing, nice guy, but knew nothing about sports, he answered the phone. It's Kyle on the phone. Whatever was Jurich's assistant, and he's like, and I get, oh, hello, uh, yeah, you know, Mr. Jurich is not happy. I said, listen, I, I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? Uh, he doesn't appreciate the UK content. So, well, you know, I'm just doing a radio show. Okay, this went on for like two months. I finally was at wit's end, and he called, and I said, hey, Kyle, you know what? I don't. I, he's not signing my paycheck. I'm getting paid by Clear Channel, and they told me to put UK content on. What do you want me to do? You, you offer me a job? 
I don't think you're offering me a job, are you? So then what do you want me to do? Well, he went back and told Tom. And I know that Tom was just looking for a chance to get even because that's how he worked. And that's why I didn't have a great deal of affection for the man because that's an awful way to do business. So when this happened, I went to John Penny, who's still working there, who I think is a wonderful guy. And I said, John, listen, Rick was really mad at Paul and I. Why don't you – he's right, though. Why don't you let me just – I'll make my own travel. I'll book my own travel. I do it all the time for ESPN. I'd been doing, I was doing 40 games a year for ESPN. I managed to get to all those cities, okay? I'll get to yours, too. That's all. Just whatever, whatever you're paying for me to fly on the plane, apply it, and I'll just make my own travel arrangements. He said, all right. I'll, I'll mention it to Tom. He goes to Tom, calls me back the next day. He says, Tom says you're off the games for the rest of the year. I said, I beg your pardon? He said, yeah, you're off. I said, because... Rick was, I said, I don't need to be embarrassed in front of the whole team like that. We're just doing our job. And if you want to know the truth, we're doing that show largely to put money in the coach's pocket. That's part of the deal is the post-game coaches show brought to you by, and then they list the litany of sponsors. I'm not getting a thing for it. I'd rather just get in the car and go home. But, you know, so it, it really was not very pleasant on a lot of fronts. And cost me a lot of money. And now since nobody's there, I mean, it's not like these people are dead, but I can tell you the true story. So now I went, I, so after about two weeks, I got word that, you know, they, they'd like you to do the game. Somebody, maybe not Tom, I don't know. So I went back, I made an appointment, went to see him. I said, is there a, this is, this is the, see, these are the things that bother me. If Rick had something to say to Paul and I, say it. If Tom had something he wanted to say, then say it. I go into his office, I make an appointment, and I said, so listen, I heard you, you know, there's a little problem with me, and so, no, I don't have a problem. I said, well, I'm not doing the games anymore. Oh, that's Kenny Klein's decision. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, oh, okay. So I go down to see Kenny, and I said, Kenny, Tom tells me, it's your decision to have taken me off the games. And he doesn't say what, he just takes his eyes, and he looks up at the ceiling. Like, I said, oh, okay, I get it. Well, I'd like to come back on the games. He said, yeah, okay, you're back on the games. But... And what did that tell you? I don't think it was Kenny's decision. Say it. Say it if you want to say it. You know what? I didn't appreciate you doing this. Because I found out after the fact they never knew about that memo from Earl. And I, you know, I know that much after the fact because somebody asked me, like, why were you so bent out of shape? And I said, do you realize that they put me in a position where they wanted me to defy my boss? I mean, that's what they were asking me to do. They were telling me, don't follow instructions from your boss. That's, that's right. I mean, am I misinterpreting it? That's what they were saying. Don't do that anymore. The boss just told me to do that. What, you know, who do you answer to in that situation? So that's, that was the point, though. I, they weren't paying my – so what he did is, though, then Tom tried to get all the advertisers to back out. Republic did, and uh, but Swope wouldn't. I give them credit for that. Norman Walker, God bless him. He said, we're not, we're not abandoning you. So they stayed with me, and then I managed to go forward, and we put the show together with Will Wolford, and life went on. But that was a very unpleasant thing, and largely because of, frankly, the whole catalyst of the thing is Rick being childish. You know, when, when he gets along with his players, I hate to say it, it's because his players act maturely. Like, look at Slazinski. He took the mature approach. Well, it's like when your little son goes down, he's, no, no, I don't want to take a bath. I don't want to take a bath. And you say, all right, let him just, you know, beat the floor. And then, okay, come on, Tommy. And he gets in the tub. You know, he just really hates to take a bath. What can I tell you? Well, that's him. Well, he just hates to lose. Yeah, but, you know, it's more than that. You're a grown man. You're 71 years old. You represent a university. Stop. It, it, it's, it's just, I don't understand why they let the coaches have such power. When it comes to behavior, if you will. And so, but that, I mean, I was, you, you were, you know how long ago that was? I mean, you were, Jamie was very young and you were a kid. And I think it was in high school. Oh, I don't even think it was that long. I think it was before that. 
And so, I mean, I, that was a lot of money to me. You take $3,000 out of my pocket, I don't know what you're making, but for me, that was a big deal. And, um, and, and, and you know, how much money was Tom making? How much money did Rick make? I mean, and, and you know, they just so cavalierly, like, boom, just, you know, take them off the games. So, and that's so it really, it, it bothered me. And I love Rick. I really do. But I wish some, you know, it reminds me of like Elvis. When you get so powerful, nobody will tell you, you know, like Elvis. Elvis, what are you going to do today? I'm going to eat fried banana sandwiches and shoot out some TVs. Okay, great. Give us a call if you want, you know. I'm going to go get a hotel room and throw couches out the window. Fine, great. Have a good time. You know, somebody's got to say, stop, don't do that. And I don't know, you know, they just, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. And it's exhausting. I mean, on the one hand, there's two levels. If you laugh and just, like, I've told that story many times in the Bahamas. The kid that they got from Penn, Tony Hicks. And Tony was driving everybody crazy, including Rick, of course. And so, and I didn't love his game either. He was, so I run into him where, you know, the whole tournament is on the grounds of the Atlantis. So you're constantly walking and you're passing the other teams. It's fun. It's a great event for that. And so we happen to be walking. I was coming from one way. He was coming from the other. And, and like I said, I really like him. He's funny as hell. He's generous. I played golf with him. I just don't like that part of his personality, and I don't respect that part of his personality. I respect his coaching ability. And you, somebody, and then the argument is, well, that's how he coaches. And I'd have to say, okay, well, if that's how you feel, I just don't think that's the only way to do it. I think he could still get his point across without doing that. So he tells, and it's exhausting when you try and cover because I'm not trying to do anything to undermine him. I'm in his corner. I want him to win. He said to me, I said, what are you going to do about Tony Hicks? He said, this is Monday. Tony Hicks, Hicks will be dismissed from the, the team at 2 o'clock tomorrow. I was like, whoa. I said, okay. All right, well, I'm sorry to hear that. All right, That was Monday. Uh, Tuesday came and passed. Nothing Wednesday. He started Tony Hicks. So that's what I mean. It's just. I remember you, just, you, you just, and I were getting breakfast, I think, at Waffle House. And you told me that. And we were just catching up. I was in college at the time. And you're like, yes, that was hockey, that was school. And then I was like, you know, how's, how are things going with, you know, what's the latest with U of L? What can you tell me? And <laughs> you just were like, well. <laughs> it's just, it's very tough because even if you're trying to do. <laughs> you're quite- like, Tony started yesterday, but you should you should have heard what Rick told me a couple of days before that. It's just very strange. That's all. Texas says, bring Rick back here, even though he says he would never answer the phone. I don't Did he say that? I don't know what that means, but Okay. $3,000 today is a lot of money. Back then, it was an insane amount of money. Well, that's what I mean. So, But uh, like I said, it's uh, he banks. The kids that thrive on him are the ones that themselves are mature. So they can they can work around kind of when he gets childish. And it's childish. That's what it is. That's It's simply what it is. It's not any kind of brilliance. It's not mad professor-esque. It's, it's, uh, I don't think there's anything brilliant about it. He's just, his own son says he's the worst loser he's ever seen. That's nothing to be proud of. I'm sorry. But he's he's a brilliant teacher. Do you think it's like part of a bigger Machiavellian? Yes, it's it's definitely it is. I told you, it's definitely he believes that everybody around him must be miserable if they lose, and so he creates that environment. If it's not there, he creates it. And and he also and I don't think he'd admit this, but I think it's true. There are some people who thrive on chaos. Oh yeah, and he's one of them. And so if there's not chaos, if if there's not chaos there, subconsciously he's creating it. And you say, there was no problem. Why is there all of a sudden a crisis? Remember how many of you, RP Theater I used to call it. Yeah, no, yeah. So, anyway. uh, The backlash he's gotten. Mad Dog. This is good. This is a good line. Texter said they asked Jeff Shepard about playing for Rick and Tubby. This is a great line. I think this sums it up. Thank you, Texter. This is right on it. Jeff said... 
I would run through a brick wall for both of them. One out of fear and one out of love. I think that's probably about right. So, uh, there you go. All right. Uh, Eric Crawford coming up next. No, Dan Bonner. Dan Bonner, because Eric Crawford told us to go spit in our head. No. Um, <laughs> no, that's not that, that's not what happened No, he did. He got arrogant and said, I've had enough of your crap. Um, no, I, I Dan Bonner had the game last night, I believe. He had FSU and, and uh, before Christ, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, BC. That's not what it stands for? <laughs> Say, it was like before Christ. Oh, I, I never knew that. It stands for I meant to do a conference call. We're not going to have time to do it, but okay. do you have any thoughts on Creighton over UConn and Baylor getting beat? I was going to be sarcastic, but I have an answer. You know, I'm, I'm all about NATO. It's, again, not pushing Kenny out. Whatever happens, happens. But if they are looking for a new coach, I'm dying to have uh, – Nate Oates. But Greg McDermott would be a very good choice also. Oh, from BYU? So, no. Or no, BYU Creighton. Jesus. The yeah. guy is. Sorry. He's a he's really fits a lot, checks a lot of the boxes. I think you'd appreciate it. Creighton's a fine place, but it ain't Louisville in terms of. Uh, I was impressed with their fan base. Oh, no. It's a, it's, uh, he may think about they, leaving because he may say, hey, I mean, it's it's a great. They traveled well. No, it's uh, Creighton traveled well. They were home. I'm talking. I'm sorry. Creighton tra- traveled. They never fought to go. They lived there. That's where they live. Thank you. I was referring to the regional game when at the Yum Center last year between them and San Diego State. Both fan bases mm. represented very well, but Creighton had the majority. That's why we always assume everybody will just drop what they're doing and come to your school because you love it so much. But the really high-profile guys that are accomplished coaches, you can't money whip them anymore. They make a lot of dough, and I don't know. But um, I think maybe that would be a guy I'd – I'd talk to if Nate, you know, you can't afford Nate or for some reason he doesn't want to come or whatever. Um, I, he's a very, he's a nice guy. He's a really good tac- tactical coach. He's, uh, his, his system is entertaining, and which I think is important. You know, it is entertainment. People won't have, to, I mean, like, I love Tony Bennett, honest to God, but I don't know how you can watch that. But they embraced it down there. Oh, those, well, well, I'll tell you, they get a shot, shot clock, clock violation, violation, and there's people having having a, a gas station sushi all over the place. I mean, it's just... Uh, By the way, I know who sent that message. It was our friend Michael Columbus from the, from the Blind Squirrel, and he said he was just being goofy because gas station sushi is a term in of itself. Uh-huh. Just, you know, like getting something like randomly. Like people always say, like, I got sick. I ate that like gas station sushi. You know, he had no idea. It was a sex term. He looked it up and he... He didn't know either? He had no idea it was a sex term. He was like, tell Bob, I was just trying to be funny. No, I, I had no idea it meant that. I appreciate that. That's quality because that's how I feel. And I did look it up, actually, and the first definition that comes up is not the urban thing. No, I had to type it's, in urban dictionary. Yeah. yeah, and then, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it is what it is. I think I said maybe he's just being a motivator. All I'm suggesting is you don't have to do that to be a motivator. That's all. Uh, people feel like uh, they're blowing this out of proportion. Really? What do you do for a living? Go out there and have a press conference and tell everybody that your facilities, that your office are spitty, <laughs> that your staff sucks, they don't know what they're doing. That's I don't know that's blown out of proportion. That's, uh, there's very few places I think you could do that. And people apologize it away. So, uh, whatever. Uh, OSU moved faster on their coach. Sean Miller was on my short list for here. Ohio State didn't hire anybody, did they? Just because they they didn't fight. Let me set the record straight on that, too, by the way. They only moved faster, not with the idea of getting a jump start on who they're going to hire, because 
with all the agents and backdoor dealings, back-channel dealings, if you're thinking about making a change, you don't have to announce that you're firing the guy to be doing that. So that's not what it is. What it is is Gene Smith did the new guy a solid. They evidently have a very good relationship. Gene Smith's the outgoing AD. He's talking to the incoming AD. And he said, listen, you're going you're gonna to want to keep this guy? And he said, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to move on. So he said, let me do you a favor. I won't make it so that's your first thing you got to do is fire the basketball coach. So I'll do it for you. So he did. That's what it was. That's all it was. It was a very take one for the team kind of deal by Gene. And, uh, and good for him. Um, so there you go. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back. and um, um, Dan Bonner. Dan will Bonner us. will join us to talk some basketball. Any he thoughts on – wait, 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 wait. You yeah. didn't give any thoughts on BYU or Baylor? Not surprised. BYU, they were on the road. It's a tough place to play. They get great fan support. Baylor's good, not great. Everybody's vulnerable, as we found out from UConn getting drilled by 20-something. Yeah. I mean, so, no, no shock there. Uh, no shock. ESPN 680, 105.7 to the ground.